Man, today was a busy day in the in the markets and the SPY is actually less the SPY and more the NASDAQ, huh? Like Yeah, it was it's such a weird well, like percent. Yeah, back in um August of last year, whenever the bottom formed on SPY, I'm gonna bring it up actually, because it's just really interesting. Some guy that I've been talking to uh brought this to my attention and it was just really fascinating. Let's go to a new drawing set. And what is this now? So this is just the spy. Um, well, ES futures, same thing. But um, last year in October or September, I guess, whenever we made this bottom, the yeah, October, damn, that was like three days from today <clears throat> is when we bottomed out. This day was the day that CPI came in. Um the hottest it ever was so it was like the worst cpi reading possible that we've had right and that was the day that we marked the bottom and from the low of day to the high of day it was wow 190 fucking points that's crazy it's only worth it if you work for it it's only worth it if you work for it i won't stop till they hear me now i won't stop till i wear the crown wow that's crazy so from the low of day to the high of day, that was a 190 point move. To put it in perspective, like the average daily range on the on the ES futures is like 50 points. So that was like almost 4x. Yeah, 4x pretty much the average daily move. And that was on the worst possible news we've ever had. So it's kind of common. I feel like whenever we get some kind of really shitty news in the overall market, that that's going to mark. Like whenever you get really bad news and one thing is supposed to happen, and the opposite happens. That usually is like a really good indicator for a bottom. And uh, last Friday, we had non-farm payroll come out. And it was uh, like probably the worst um, NFP that we've had in like probably ever. It was off by like 180,000 jobs, which is a fucking lot. And that was after they already revised it by like 60K extra jobs. And then you can see here like we went down really hard and then we rallied from that low like 120 points so a lot of people are saying that like since that news was so terrible like on the initial reaction it was a 50 point drop and then throughout the day we rallied 100 points from that low so mm. that's another good example of like whenever something is supposed to happen and the news is leading in one direction the complete opposite happens and it's extremely strong that's usually a good sign that like a bottom may have formed. So this might be like a short-term bottom right here last Friday. And now we're just rallying like crazy, like crazy off of that. Market really doesn't make sense most of the time, huh? I mean, you got the, the massive attacks going on in the Middle East right now. And the market is just having one of its biggest green days on back like even two, this two uh, big green days back to back. Yeah, like this gap down that happened... Sunday was because of the attacks and then we just rallied like crazy through it. Otherwise, like, this is a huge gap. Time. Yeah, that's a huge gap on the on the futures. 30 points is like you never see a 30 point gap ever. And you could scroll back forever and you'll never find a 30 point gap. Like, you know, usually it's like this eight points. Right. But yeah, it's insane, huh? Absolutely insane. Yeah, people are definitely trying to like short this move and are just getting crushed, including me. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So you're short bias then mostly right now or? I mean, not really. I just was shorting. I went short today a couple of times, even though I definitely shouldn't have. And I 
gave back the money I made yesterday. So I'm red on the week, like a hundred bucks now. Yeah, it's definitely not a short kind of environment. It's really more of a follow the trend and hold on for dear life. Yeah. Yeah, my investment portfolio, which is down 20K, is is up 2K today, uh, which I haven't seen my investment portfolio be up in what feels like three months. So <laughs> yeah. even even green days are usually like $200. So today is an insane big, big green day for me uh, in terms of investment portfolio. And then you add that to the 1K profits and trading. It's like a nice little bump in the portfolio. Nice. But yeah, it's 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 keeping and it's holding on to any profits that seems to be so difficult. You know, I've I've like a few steps green and then either one big step backwards or then a few big you know steps back again. So I've I'm just kind of trending in this like no man's land, which is getting kind of exhausting. But that's just how it is. You know, that's just how it is as a trader. Sometimes you have those very poor months that just kind of drag on for a while. It's kind of what we're in. I feel like uh, for me, it's so shitty because I never really had any kind of actual streak that lasted more than like three months. So mm -hmm. like every single time something bad happens, like I'll do good for a month and something bad happens. And I just immediately revert back to, oh, I definitely am not a profitable trader. I'm not that good. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not consistent yet, whatever. And then I just like go on the spiral of like changing my system and trying to do different strategies and doing all this bullshit. And it's like, Oh my God, when is it ever going to end? I feel like I need like a six month, just like, you know how to trade. So here's six months of data <laughs> to show you that you can trade. And then after that, if something bad happened, I wouldn't be like, oh, my whole world is going to explode, you know? Yeah, it definitely made a huge difference once I had some profits in the rear view mirror. And I kind of was like, okay, well, it's, you know, I'm like confirmed that I can be a pro trader. Like it's, it's a, it's a fact now. The question is, you know, just how long do I want to keep doing it and how hard do I want to push it? But like the, the basic question, you know, can, is day trading, does it work? Is it, is it checked off? Which is, yeah, I think, man, yeah. If we can get you there, it'll be, that, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it's already basically there because you're not really losing money anymore. And you're just, you, at this point, you just need something to click and, I don't think you're that far off, but I, I know we've had this conversation several times. So I, I know yeah. it's like a, when you're, when you're in it, it's just a slug fest. Yeah. I've been, um, I don't know if I told anyone this yet about how I'm Lance Spritestein posted like this thing and I'm in like a discord with a bunch of new people and yeah, they you told all, us, you told us last pod. Yeah. They're all like super high level traders. And this one dude, like some of them have had like courses and like this one guy's been trading since like 2003 and shit. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like still sucking my mom's titties back then. But <clears throat> oh, sorry, I just throw that in there. But all good. All good. This guy, uh, healthy way to do it. <laughs> this guy, uh, he's been helping me a lot and he's just really like a lot of these people are it's, it's really fascinating whenever you talk to someone who's really good at trading. And then they like care to even help. It's like, damn, that's kind of nice. You know, there's some fucking hope in the world. But uh, a lot of them are giving me like really good advice and like really important. They're all they all say oh, I'm right there. You know, everyone fucking tells me that shit. But like for some reason, I just can never actually get over the little hump. But hopefully soon. We'll see. What's up? What's up? What's up, bro? Tom with the fresh haircut as well. <laughs> Always got the haircut. I see that. 
<laughs> Tom had to cut his hair after he was shorting the spy today and lost his entire account. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't trade the spy today. I know. <laughs> I got so burnt funny. so many times on the spy. Yeah, every time you jump in my Discord, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> yep. Small caps are terrible. <laughs> What's up, Danny? How's What's up, up, guys? What's up? How's everyone doing? Whoops. Pretty good for your for uh for this market. I think we're doing all right. That's it's good. nice to see the investment portfolio up for the first time in what feels like months. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice little bounce on the spy. Yeah, crazy. And it, I feel like the NASDAQs are are even more aggressively up. So uh, since I'm kind of tech heavy in my investment portfolio, which is really dumb of me, uh, I'm at least getting a little bit of a relief rally uh, for once. I was working on building into a position on TQs the other week. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, my uh, 300 share position that I had bought into on that, I got stopped out. At like, oh god and now it's at 39 i got stopped out at like 35 because i was it was um it was last week as it was bottoming into like 34 35 and i was trying to get into a bigger position there um mm -hmm. i still have some but only a quarter of what i was trying to get into and then now it's had that nice bounce so i kind of missed that most likely but oh well yeah, it's not a nice feeling buying high in this market because it feels like every time you buy high, you get slammed on. Yeah. A little bit like SMX. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I can oh tell you about SMX. <laughs> uh, I uh, I went from, I was chopping around on it through the morning and um, I got caught in that flush on the... Uh, what was it? I'm just arranging my windows and stuff right now because I just got off that other meeting. So on the uh, 1030 candle, I got caught on that flush for like a 20 cent loss. Um, I was already down like 950 on it. It put me down 1500. And then just like PRZO yesterday, um, and I think there might have been another one. Like I keep seeing stocks doing the same kind of action, a really nasty rejection right into a really obvious support level and then just a total reclaim. So I went really heavy into that push back up. I Are bought, you talking about a 10, like 29? Yeah. Well, it was the red candle at 1030. Yeah. Okay. That there I see. Max. I took a 20 cent loss there on like 2,700 shares, <laughs> put me down 1500 ish. Mm. And then I see it bottom out and start creeping back up and i'm like this is what they're doing lately so i took like 3300 shares at 320 i held them i added at 338 or so um so i had 5500 shares that i sold oh, at wow. 360 so i'm green 160 on it <laughs> um so i hit wow. like a 1700 trade on that which is great I'm green at least. I wish that I hadn't been so red first, but it is what it is. Just try to do better tomorrow. That kind of trade recently just happened to me uh, last week 
where we had a bit of a flush. I took like an $800 loss or something. And then it was like, literally just like this, we had, we crawled up and held here. And then this candle started moving higher. And I was like, this is BS. And I don't know if it was FOMO revenge or whatever, but I've, I had the same thought in my head. I was like, mm, I've seen this several times lately. I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to hold, but it was at least going to try to break a high a day. So I jumped in, bought high here for the break of like 340, uh, different ticker, different price, but ultimately it did the same thing and it broke up. And then I made back my exact loss that I just lost mm -hmm. here. But yeah, it's a uh, sporadic trading. Yeah, and, <clears throat> I did it's really. Good, it's bad. good that you had the confidence, and then you saw the recognize the pattern. And you jump right back in. It's yeah. when when that happens, it's like, am I being revengeful, or is this actually making sense? It's a yeah, it's a fine really line. fine. It's a <laughs> fine line. It's a fine balance. But I was like, I think that we've been seeing this lately. Um, it was the fact that it bottomed out so hard, right against the level that it had been bouncing off of and we had the bottoming tails at 934 uh 959 uh 1021 and when it came into those levels like right around 305 there were no big buyers in there so to me that just looks like a big hidden buyer like probably a market maker accumulating there right so it bounced off that level and started setting in a green candle and then a bigger green candle and i'm like this is it um this is the so end. i took the bigger position down at 320 i think it was 323 actually uh and it held up and so i'm like i'm right so far like this is the type of thing and it it bounced right back up into the 340s at that point so i'm like this is the type of trade that either i add here and I make a little profit and I stop out for a couple cents loss on the ad, but overall win, or it's, this is the part where it goes flying. So yeah. I, I think it was smart enough. I just need to try to, yesterday I did a really good job of just hanging in there on PRZO until, uh, until it made that move to 285 um it was a long time frame wedge it was chopping around a ton and and uh here i can show my charts because i have the lines and stuff yeah it might be more uh, relevant. that i was looking at on it um it was chopping around a ton all morning but there was this really clear resistance line right here Mm -hmm. and every time oh, yeah. it sold off hard it found a really clear support line and it started setting in higher lows like from here higher low higher low higher low higher low higher low every single one was a higher low and, and so we had this kind of false breakout here and, and then it it did the same thing it had a false breakout and then it started creeping back up like right away. Oh, great um, same exact thing as SMX today. So this is what informed me on the SMX trade today. Um, so I took this one actually, unfortunately, not as much size as I would have wanted to. I got 3000 shares at 237 and I wanted to get an ad for the break of 250, but it went from like 246. I rewatched the video that I had. It went straight from 246 to like 256, 260s, 
to 70s to the halt level. So I had 3000 shares and I got 40 cents out of it. And I was starting actually on that one at like plus 100 on it. So I did a better job yesterday of keeping myself in the game in, in to be able to have a chance of like having a solid green trade or a solid green day. Um, and then what I did well yesterday and today is realizing and internalizing that right now there is literally no such thing as just a pullback. <laughs> uh, like uh, you, you hit the halt level, it was pinned, it couldn't halt, and then sellers grab a hold of it. Because all that this is, is maybe you're squeezing some retail traders, but the bigger market makers and bigger players, they're not squeezed yet. Maybe if they get, if you halt up and then gap up higher over three and then keep going, maybe they get squeezed. But until then, they're still in control. And that's super clear from the rest of the action. Um, and then exact same thing on SMX. I hit this huge win and didn't take another trade on it. So I have been doing that well this week. Um, and then right after SMX, the exact same thing happened on SPCB, SPCB. which is hitting uh, all time highs right now. Yeah, I actually just looked at that and that's potentially interesting. But um, let's see. So SPCB just did this kind of kind of kill candle and then immediate reclaim of it. And so when I saw this, and this was at 743. Um, it was it was literally 10 minutes after SPCB did the exact same thing. Um, I took shares, not as much of a position as I probably wanted to, but I had like 4,000 shares at 81. And I my goal really was just like, maybe we see if we can top out here, but with this reclaim, I, I bet we're going to go higher. And I joked, I was like, I bet we'll get one. And then it squeezed and I got a nice little trade there too. <clears throat> I didn't get any SPCB in today. I kind of wanted it, but I, I called it uh, before it really did its move. I just wanted to lock in some profits. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of curious on it now. I'm going to mark out some levels and... It does Maybe not look bad, one. not at all. The five minute, the two minute, it's all even the one minute looks kind of good. It just has those really vicious pullbacks. To uh, me, yep. the five minute is extended. Mm. Um, especially as it's forming this big topping tail here. But if it can hold over one, and then especially if it could consolidate in like this area, like 101 to 106 ish, then that could be interesting. I think we're about to see what the bigger players want it to be doing because we're right towards the end of this five minute candle. Yeah, it's and that order of one for now. Yeah, that's generally a uh, the time when the bigger players put it where they want it to be is like towards the end of the five minute periods. These tickers have nice volume. They do, but mm -hmm. it's a lot of volume to both sides. It's a lot of selling too. So it makes it 
it makes it really choppy and not super easy to trade. Yeah, and a lot of these pullbacks, like you said earlier, they don't exist. They're just like these massive elephant elephant trust yeah. that just freaking go straight down. So it's really hard yeah. pullbacks. I found I'm done. I'm done buying pullbacks right now. Um, yeah. I had a really rough week last week. Bad start to October. Down like fourteen thousand last week. Oh, on top of the nineteen thousand red September. Um. So I'm kind of reevaluating my goals for the year, um, which is like if I could average 500 to 1,000 a day through the rest of the year, um, that would put me back over my all-time highs in the account, my profit for the year. It'd be in a really solid place and... All, I know that all I really have to do to do that is just try to avoid getting killed on some of those worst trades or some of that price action that sucks you in and just keeps you trading. That's really what it is. It's like very a lot of temptations out in this market right now that are just very bad risk reward. Like usually mm -hmm. I'm very consistent trader. I have like, you know, seven to twelve hundred dollar green days or something like kind of consistent yeah. and then my red days are kind of smaller and then like my curve is pretty consistent but man like in this market for the first time i'm having like you know 200 green day 700 green day and then all of a sudden two thousand dollar red day which like that's just reverse consistency compared to usual and i've just i've been finding it very difficult some of these trades because I mean, we're talking about these these candles that are just out of nowhere, fifteen percent down, and you know you have a ten k position size, whack, and then you get maybe a little bit on tilt, and then you do one more bad trade, it uh, eats you alive. Uh, it hard it, it makes it hard to even stick to your max loss because you just shoot right by it. You're just like, boom, there it goes. <laughs> that was my max loss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to call it here at 1500 or you'll be like, well, let me take like, at least let me get back to my max loss. But of course that's defeats the whole purpose of a max loss. Uh, yeah, so that's been my experience. How about you, Tom? Uh, for me, I haven't, I haven't really sweat in a long time and I I'm, I'm craving that feeling of, of sweating in a trade. I'm just, you know, I need like a nice solid setup where I can just size up into it, you know, really push, push myself. But man, like my conviction is at an all time low right now. And I just can't really find anything that's worth me putting on that level of risk where, you know, I'm sweating in a trade, uh, even though it's where I, I feel like I need to be at right now with my sort of journey of where I'm at now. It's where I need to be pushing. Uh, like my horizon as far as share size, uh, but I can't get to that level right now. I just don't have that conviction to be able to put on that size when I need to uh, right now, which is yeah, very low quality setups. Uh, so I just kind of been just going sideways, you know, waking up, trading for 30 minutes, an hour, get some small green, walk away, do the same thing over and over again. But, you know, I'm not really, you know, pushing my comfort zone right now, um, which, you know, I can protect my account during this type of period. But I know that that is the horizon that I need to be pushing uh, at some point. And, you know, I'm just tied between either waiting for a better market or if, you know, just, I don't know, just do it right now when the conviction is low and and see what happens. Um, 
So that's what I'm sort of grappling with right now. My thoughts on that is that's totally fine. And you're doing a lot better than me because I'm in like a $32,000 hole right now, um, yeah. which I could have avoided if I had backed off earlier. But also I was, I've been yeah. doing the the thing that paid me really nicely for nine months. It takes more than just a couple of weeks to adjust what you're doing from that. So um, yeah. I don't, I don't fault myself too much for that. Um, but yeah. Like, for example, and I was saying in chat yesterday, um, like the two main things that I've realized lately, number one is there's no such thing as just a pullback in this market. Number two is we have been seeing <clears throat> kind of an imbalanced outsized move pretty much at least once a day lately. Mm -hmm. And if you can oversize on those moves, then... yeah. That's what I'm trying to do, at least. And unfortunately, today I was not positioned well to like put myself onto a really nice green day with that trade. But at least with SPCB and SMX, I'm still up 400, so not bad. But um, just waiting for that imbalanced move that that's really mm -hmm. obvious could be something to consider. Um. Um you know, bet sizing on. But I, other than yeah. that, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with just being conservative right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I totally agree with that, Danny. Uh, here, I'll give you an example of how I got green today, pretty much right on the back. And like, there's not a lot of good moves today. So yeah, bet sizing on the good ones is really the secret. So mm -hmm. SMX popped up and I was looking at it and at first I wasn't sure about it because it was only up like, I don't know, 40, 50 percent when I started looking at it. So I quickly went back and I was like, how did it perform last time? And I was like, OK, we had one pullback and then it kept ripping one more time really hard. So I was like, all right, let's go at least for the first pullback when you're still kind of scared. You're thinking, is it going to work? And then, you know, you don't have that FOMO yet. And usually by the time you have FOMO, that's when you get flushed into. So at this point, I'm more scared mm -hmm. than FOMO. So I was like, okay, this is probably going to work. The last one had a nice pullback. So I actually sized pretty decently into this one. You'll see 3.6 thousand shares. And this was like a 15, 16% candle. Like what the heck? So I was, I was instantly wow. up uh, 500 or $600. It was like 550 something. And on this one trade, then I made a little bit more here. And then it started doing this and I didn't buy this pullback because last time the second pullback just had that elephant trunk, you know, flush. And I was just like, nah. So I technically missed this huge, this was even bigger. This was like a 20 something percent, 30% candle, or maybe not fully 30% if it starts somewhere here, uh, but 25% and then like a full move of 30%. So, you know, I could have made way more money on this one, but it just wasn't worth the risk tolerance because like, like Danny was saying, like these moves just don't last. So I, for me, the risk reward on this one just wasn't there, even though it ended up working. So that, that's, that's that. And then, and then the market opened, but yeah, that's why I sized so hard on this one, because I was like, I don't want to take this with a 500 share starter size and see how it goes, because this might be really the only move today. Like I didn't know what was going to happen the rest of the day, but we've been seeing like a lot of, you know, you get one or two good moves and the rest are just like really crappy. Uh, and then this one I should have yeah. done a lot better on, but I tripped over myself. I was looking for a morning panic and I actually got it, but I only got it with like 500 shares and it popped up 5% and I sold 
And, you know, I made a little bit more. And then I went for this secondary morning panic, but I didn't do this one really well because it popped up here and I didn't sell because I was looking for the full on break and then pulled back. And then I closed some, then pulled up and I bought some. So this got really messy here. Uh, and then I think I did one of these mm -hmm. a little bit better. But ultimately I made, you know, here I made like maybe 300 more dollars very stressfully, but it was like, it was really that first move, that bet sizing right here where I was like, you know, this is that kind of perfect setup and I don't have that FOMO yet, which probably means it's not going to flush on me because I'm kind of scared right now. So let me size into this one. Um, so I just, this is an example of exactly what Danny was just saying. Uh, kind of be patient, wait for that good opportunity. And then after, after I was up, I was kind of like, well, I could probably give back profits now for the next 45 minutes. So I'm just going to close my TUS because this is not the market for me to stress in. That, that's what I wish I did last time. And I like yeah. Wednesday or Thursday, I don't know. I was up $700. And before you know it, I was down 2.3 thousand. And I was just like, so annoyed at myself and not about the money, but just because it's like, why am I over trading in this market? Cause it's so easy to give back profits and get on tilt with this yeah. price action. I screwed myself on Friday trading, uh, MSS recent IPO. Um, both, days i think thursday and friday last week both days that it had a nice move to the upside i had just gone to the gym in attempts to avoid the chop in the market <laughs> and so <laughs> i i took a trade on it from the gym on my phone on thursday i got stuck in a halt down it actually opened like nearly flat and i got out pretty much break even on it and then um Friday, it did the same thing. It was popping right back up to 11s. And so I bought the pullback somewhere around 10 or something like that. And I got stuck in that halt down Ugh. with 1,700 shares from like 970. <laughs> and I took like a $3,600 loss on that. And I just didn't need to. But just you know, didn't need. Yep. It is what it is. Uh, you learn lessons and. A year from now, I will have so much more profit that that won't matter, but lesson learned. That that was really the uh, the moment where I was like, this market just, there. there's no such thing as a pullback. Just a pullback. Oh, yeah. yeah. If sellers realize that, um, <clears throat> that the stock isn't continuing to squeeze yet, because the buyers don't have have conviction or whatever or market players are in it that that don't want it to keep going and buyers don't have the conviction to keep pushing the sellers are just winning right now and that's fine yeah. you just let them win eventually they won't <laughs> eventually they won't eventually eventually they'll get squeezed not now but one day Maybe not today. It, it definitely Maybe seems to be taking a lot of experience. It definitely seems like a lot of experience to, to just to recognize that one or two candles of the whole day that are going to be able to make your day. Yeah. That takes a lot of experience to be able to recognize that. And I think in a way for any beginner traders that are starting, I think this is actually probably the best market to learn in because you're yeah. learning, you're pretty much learning the fundamentals and you're not just learning that, oh, just because the RSI is oversold. It has to now reverse or uh, it's a bull flag. So it has to go up like we all learned in 2020. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, you're definitely learning more. 
Yeah. And you're learning risk management and more so, you know, actually reading the depth of market rather than just chart patterns. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I wanted to share um, this as well um, to add to that risk management, what Tom was just talking about. And also what Danny was talking about that, you know, not just uh, are there no pullbacks, but there's sometimes no bounces either. So like here, yeah, like that's once, what I mean. yeah, once it sells off, like, like you said, like once the buyers are gone, like this, like I was waiting for a little bit of like a, a bounce back to the nine email on the one minute or something, but it didn't happen. Luckily I cut my losses at one point somewhere here, or I think I, I cut here and then I bought a little bit more here and then I cut again. And then I had like three or four backside losses in a row. And then I was like, Alex, you're an idiot. Why are you trading backside? You freaking moron. <laughs> like I never trade backside. No wonder I'm down $2.3,000. Like but I was just a little bit stubborn because I was like, this sell-off is so extreme. Typically they do bounce a little bit, but you know, once this ticker was dead, it was just it like dead. I mean, look at this five minute. This this ticker hasn't even had a relief bounce yet. It's disgusting. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's where I gave back. I, I made like 700 here, and then I literally just went gave back three thousand or you know. When I right. think I did the same thing on that. And BNOX last week too um there was a day maybe the day before that <clears throat> uh it might have been that day that it had a spike what day was that here's a strong sell oh wow look at that nasty one yeah yeah not that day <laughs> um there was a day that bnox had a nice move up and i made two thousand on the move up and then i tried to trade the consolidation um and before you realize it's on the back side that's that's all the, your yeah. profit's gone i yeah. uh went from up two thousand to down 600 on it by the end of the day just over trading it so that vsme um all that stuff just really reinforces there's no such thing as like just a pullback right now a fast dip maybe um yeah like, like a that's a good observation for the current market I'm not touching IPOs lately because <laughs> look at them. Uh, they've been just awful. What was the big IPO last week or the week before? What was that one? Open? Um, there was one. I don't remember. Instacart? Ah, yeah, Instacart. How was, how was that one doing? I have no idea. I lost a lot of money on it and I stopped looking at it. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> What's the ticker for that one? It's cart. I think I, I, think I was down five thousand or so on cart. Freaking garbage. Anyone remember the ticker Instacart? Yeah, it's just cart. Yeah, I think it's just oh, cart. Oh, for some reason I I must have typed put a D or something cart. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm not sharing. Um, yeah, okay. Well, it's had a little bit of a bounce today. No surprise, but you know, wow. Yeah, exactly. You know, once it <sighs> once it dies, it dies. Yeah. Today, obviously, everything's up. Um, but how low does it have to go? It kind of feels like a seven point five billion valuation might be might be too high in this market. Yeah. I mean, nothing. Yeah, there's there's no point in touching IPOs until they've bottomed out. Yeah, like consistently, where you know, it like does this for a long time, and you can just tell. But, okay. And then even still, though, unless it's like blowing away those levels, look at how many levels shorts have to add off of, and that's just retail shorts. Like that's true. Until it starts breaking 43, 45, 
there's no reason why market makers would get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just across the board space. I mean, there was a long time space was holding this floor, like a really long time, anything like uh, three to $5 was like a great buy. And then, you know, then it broke it and then it just went way down. Playboy. I traded a few times. Uh, I don't know why this thing caught on my radar, but I traded it so many times in this area and I was just range trading this one. It was, I made a few thousand, but then I ended up giving back most of it here. Actually, I gave back more than I made um, because I, I thought it was going to like find bottom here. And then all of a sudden it broke a dollar and just kept selling off. I still have a small size in it. Um, but yeah, yeah, these these stickers are pretty much all going in one direction. I think Playboy is pretty much the worst of them uh, because this company might actually go bankrupt. So I I wouldn't yeah. recommend it for anyone else. I wouldn't even recommend it for myself. But just uh, you know, tech right now is whew, it's a lot. Um, Colby, actually, before before Danny came in, we were kind of actually before Danny and Tom came in, we were kind of talking a little bit about your group. Uh, and you know, that the people are really kind of sharing a lot of information and helping you out. And it's, it's been a good experience. What are some, maybe some of the lessons you've learned from these new traders that are, you know, been trading for 10, 15, 20 years, even you said. Honestly, the first lesson is if you're in a discord and you're the best trader in there, get the fuck out of that discord. <laughs> you should never want to be the best trader in your discord you should always try to find people that are way better than you because it's just so hard to be talking to unprofitable traders while you're an unprofitable trader and trying to bounce ideas off each other it's just first of all you're yeah. not going to trust anything they say because they don't make money either you don't trust yourself because you don't make any money you know <clears throat> but these guys they are like proven you know the one dude he's been trading for like 20 years and he's been stuck at like low six figures for like seven years. Yeah. But um, to, to even do that is just impressive in the first place. And, you know, and he's trading like super, not even large size. It's very odd, but um, yeah, it's just really interesting and cool to have a bunch of people that actually are all trying to, you know, like do DRCs and they're all reviewing and they're, we're all contributing to each other and we're all like being nice about it. Like it's so common to go into a discord yeah. and then someone's uh like super arrogant, like traders yeah. are like kind of fucking awful. Like, do you guys ever realize that? Like traders are kind of shitty people because we, some of them. Through, yeah. We have to go through like so much shit for the first two and a half to three years of trading that once you actually do find a profitable system, you fucking hold that thing like it's your actual baby. And you're like, if you see anyone doing anything else, you're like, no, do this, do this, do this, do this. And you kind of have to realize that like your system is just your system. Everyone else has their own system. You don't have to be like, oh, this is the way it works. This is the only way. And there's a lot of traders get in that kind of mindset where they think that their trade uh, system is the only one that works. And it's just like, how the fuck did you get there? I mean, I understand that two to three years or four or five years of losing money and finally finding something, you're going to cherish that shit with everything you have. But mm. it's just kind of weird. What do you I love mean, it whenever traders are like, hey, I don't know if this is going to help you. This is what I did, though. Yeah. yeah. Instead of being that's, like, that's always my approach, because number one, being part of the team at Warrior, the meeting that was uh, that I was on, the reason I was a few minutes late, we have a we had an annual compliance meeting. And they make it very clear that I am not supposed to be giving financial advice. I am an educator and my job is to say, um, 
this is my experience. This is what I have learned. If I say, I recommend you do this, or I like this stock because if you put a thousand shares into it here, you will make 300 bucks or whatever. Uh, that is very bad. So like that's that's just legal issues for one, but then also just as a teacher, um, everybody's going to find their success in the market and or not, most likely not. But <clears throat> um, you're never going to connect with someone or help them really unless you're helping them find their own way because everybody is different. Um, like like just the four of us here, none of us trade exactly the same, even just among the four of us. So it doesn't do anybody a service to be like, this is what you should be doing because this is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's tricky, especially just, you know, like, it's just funny that as a trader, the only reason we're doing this shit is because we don't want to fucking listen to anyone anyway. So it's kind of hard yeah. to like <laughs> go on a discord and some random guys like, here's my PL and this is what I think about trading. And you're immediately just like, who the fuck is that guy? You know, but you know, who the fuck am I is really the question. So, yeah, I always pay attention to what other successful people are doing. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to start doing their strategy. Like I follow some guys on Instagram who um play spy options at the open every day and oh, they yeah. kill it like like those guys are crazy i don't know that i've ever seen less than a thousand dollars it's like a thousand <laughs> to like five or six or seven thousand dollars every day um they have a strategy that works for them that like, i don't look at spy at the open it would probably take me a while before i got to a strategy or got to an understanding of how the spy moves, especially at the open and at certain levels before I started making any profit on that. I'm already a profitable trader. Why would I spend the time to do that on a totally different thing for one? And then, you know, I don't know that I ever would find consistent success doing that with a different strategy is the other thing. Yeah. I think it's always yeah. good to like take inspiration from people like that or where you want to be. But uh, you have to lean into what works for you, for sure. Yeah, it helps a lot to study other people's strategies, but it never helps to try to copy anyone ever. If you yeah. ever do that, you're immediately fucked. You'll never make any yeah. money. But Even, I um, yeah, I forget the one guy who said that quote. Maybe it was Mark Douglas where he was like, you can teach someone. I could put my strategy and roles into a, newspaper and still nobody would make money from it because yeah. it doesn't matter how much you tell people what you're doing they'll never be able to do it unless they are you so pretty much yeah yeah i mean alex told me that a while ago as well yeah 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 when we were in new york city i think it was but yeah i mean like i there was a time i thought like you know is it weird if i'm sharing all my strategies on youtube and then i was like no because it's never no one's gonna ever click that same like button at the same time <laughs> as, mm -hmm. as silly yeah. as that sounds everyone's gonna have different indicators and different things and strengths and weaknesses and different personalities that tell you when like this this feels right for me personally and this is actually a hard conversation with uh, a lot of non-traders they'll be like you know isn't you know can't like a robot do it and yeah sure it can or like can't anyone just copy your strategy and get saturated 
it's like, yeah, it, that can happen. But it's like this can is so big because it's like everyone, there's so many variables and it's just nearly impossible. I mean, even if two bots are trading the same exact strategy, they're probably going to get different fills. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. it's it, there's so many variables. So like, yeah, good luck copying somebody. It might work once or twice. <clears throat> I think we've all been there where, you know, you're watching someone like Ross Cameron, and you're like, oh, let me try to copy trade on the live stream. And then you're like, wait, he's up 15K and I'm down, you know, 150. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there are so many disclaimers all over on his channel and even in the chat every day like don't copy trade me most traders lose money trading is difficult trading is risky oh, yeah. and then even just like talking with lawrence like an algo trader even algos go into drawdowns yeah 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 that was my big problem with algos because that's actually how i got into um some trading again after like my long sabbatical um like years ago from new york city I was like helping some people build algos and then I got really into building my own stuff. And I was just like, wait a second, I'm spending hours every day building an algo. And uh, <laughs> like, I'm not sure if there's like a good risk reward here or like return ROI here, I should say, because what I've noticed with all these people and these firms that we're building at um, is that even if they get something to work within like a short period of time, it doesn't work. And they're spending so much energy on maintaining the code so yeah. it's, I found it much better just to just come in and uh, trade for like 60 minutes and then like head out. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's going to have to make that decision themselves. Um, I think the main <clears throat> difference only is where do you want to be spending your energy? Because you can spend your energy learning the strategy or you can spend your energy tweaking your code. Um, the pros with having an algo trade for you is that you don't have to manually manage your trades and emotions in your trades and that kind of stuff but it's not like you're not spending probably the same or more amount of time to to manage your trading it's just yeah maybe I, less emotions in it or maybe not even i don't know it depends yeah. you're absolutely right and i mean uh, thinking about lawrence like and we, we're talking all the time and he's he spends a lot of time coding his algos so yeah yeah it's definitely not a time winner if anything like you said i think it's a time loss um, but yeah the big upside even lawrence mentioned it is like your emotions are more out of the yeah. equation like you're probably not going to have one of those up 700 down double max loss because you shouldn't even be going right. past max loss because you're it should be stopping um although there are always flukes and that's what i've noticed like there's like with mm -hmm. these bots before you know it it just starts you know it breaks and starts doing crazy crazy stuff stuff so i, I there's there's no perfect world in the, in the trading and uh you know it is kind of fun and that's i think why we why we do it and i'm actually you know originally i was a coder i learned how to code so like if anything i should have went the algo route um but yeah uh algo scare me because i feel like it takes you like i feel like it might take like if you if you, like if I just make a simple algo, like what if I'm profitable for like six months and then it just like disappears forever? It just never works yeah. again. Like that kind of shit scares me. Like at least discretionary. Like if I get a max loss, I suck at trading. Like I know I suck. I did something wrong. Like whereas if my algo every day, I'm just kind of like waiting to see what the monthly return is at the end of the month. I don't give a shit about day to day stuff. So you're kind of just like at the mercy of is this going to work? Maybe it'll work for two months. And then maybe you realize that was like a complete waste of time, or maybe it works for a year and it was a complete waste of time. That shit scares me for the market algos. is always changing. So you're always going to be 
updating your code and it's like do you do that weekly monthly based on the results or do you just trade the markets manually and adjust daily or weekly or monthly or mm-hmm. yeah you know to me there's not much difference yeah i feel like as a as an algo trader you're more of like running a actual business where you're trying to like find high margin return on like a stupid like your product basically your product <clears throat> is your algo you're trying to find high margin return whatever on that whereas us we're kind of more of like if we don't treat this as like a professional like i was telling danny this what we just say in the instagram comments but i was saying that um if we don't treat ourselves like professional athletes like we can ruin so much progress just because like we had a shitty like we drank last night or we like something happened and we're not exercising or like we're eating bad or just stupid things like that that can impair our our decision making skills like if obviously we know that you know you guys are set, showing me these tickers you're trading and there's literally like two pops all day and it's mm-hmm. like a fucking huge just you have to get in and like know that's going to work to be able to make that decision on the like it's like this like you're waiting for two hours and just something comes by and she's like bam you have to fucking go immediately that is extremely hard like i don't think anyone realizes how fucking hard that actually is like that is a serious skill to be able to do that and if you're even just one percent off mentally or physically or anything oh my god you're not going to fucking be able to see that shit at all. And then you like you, let's say you buy it a little too late and you bought it like 50% above where you are. Like, let's say you're trying to buy it halfway through the run up and you bought it like three fourths of the way on accident. And then bam, mm-hmm. crap comes down. You get stopped out, shoots back up. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, do it again. Do it again. Bam. You're at max loss. And it's like that 1% <laughs> change is a $2,000 uh-huh. swing, right? Like, yeah. So let's say you're super on it today. You get the one K win. Well, tomorrow you're off by 1%. If let's say you lose $1,000 or that's a whole $2,000 difference compared to being up a thousand. Now you're down a thousand. Like that's, that's crazy, man. I was thinking what you were just saying about trying to buy in at like 50%, you accidentally get in at 75. It made me think of what Alex said earlier about looking at the stocks in the morning and, um, what was it? SMX today when you were buying it, it was up like 30 or 40%. Um, and then when it was coming into the open, it was up like a hundred percent. Um, I would actually much prefer to be trading something coming into the open at like 50, 60% up on the day. Cause when we have these stocks that are up a hundred percent coming into the open, all you see is rejections and profit taking on them when the, when the open hits, um, that is the only thing that has been happening lately is just rejections on those stocks that are already up too much coming into the open. So there's that that's happening. And then also recently, if we do see a move coming into the open, it'll be at like 926. You have a nice run up (laughs) when the market volume on that stock would have been like a third what it would have been if that move had just waited four minutes until the market opened. You would have had so much more volume and such a better resolution. Um, That's SPC beyond the dot. <laughs> nine. Yeah, I wasn't looking at it early, but <laughs> that's yeah. that's exactly what's happening lately. Yeah, I'd have that run up. It's like, can't you just wait four more minutes and then look <laughs> at the volume on no, like just... the highest volume candle before the open 
I mean, in the couple minutes before, like 200,000, 250,000 compared yeah. to 1.8 million on the first one minute candle, six times higher, seven yeah. times higher. Pure profit taking, huh? Yeah. So that's also something that I'm being careful of lately. Stickers stuck below the 180 SMA. I really do prefer when tickers are over trading over the 180 SMA. It like yeah. gives it a nice little loose. The, the 180 SMA must be probably pretty similar to the 200 EMA. Yeah, it's they're all kind of in that same ballpark, you know, give or take yeah. a little bit of a wiggle. Yeah. We are seeing a lot of stocks that have been beat down for a long time popping up to the 200 EMA or towards that area lately. And eventually some of them will start breaking over it and then they're going to have a lot of potential upside room. Yeah. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah. Large caps, I think also still have a lot of center center stage uh, attention. Yeah. Um, Dude, I was looking at just these large caps yesterday or today. <clears throat> Man, what the what the hell? Like, how did we fumble this shit so badly? Like, do you guys remember whenever Netflix did its second like penny stock drop? Do you guys remember this? What do you mean by a penny stop drop? Are, are you oh, are you talking? Yeah, okay, I see it yeah. now. Let me pull it up. Yeah, or, pull that shit up. Unless you want to pull it up. No, you do it. Yeah, that was a nice one, huh? So that's whenever Bill Ackman lost like $200 million, right? Mm. Um, What was the low? Like 130? Yeah, a little more, I guess, unless I'm not on it. Or All maybe... I want to say is just yeah. something that's just hilarious. There's like seven buttons on my controller for my TV. <laughs> Up, down, left, right, volume. And fucking Netflix, okay? If there's a fucking button on your controller that says Netflix and they're the number <laughs> one streamer on the entire fucking planet and in like two months they lost like 85% of their value, buy the fucking stock, brother. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's like, actually life advice right there. And that's a good point. Like, what the fuck? I'm looking at it, I'm like, why did I not put my net worth into Netflix? But But like, how do you scale into that? And how do you avoid giving back your net worth before you find the bottom? That's the trick. That's the yeah. hard part. That's for sure. Something. Like you could have easily bought that first big flush. You could have easily bought any of those support right levels and just given back everything. Yeah. The interesting thing about Netflix too is it was one of the first, it was the first out of the fangs to just really crash. Like it crashed like was Apple, it? Microsoft, Google. They did not do anything like that. It wasn't well, even close. when did that when did that crash from 700 start? Was that it like after right. COVID or this is uh mm -hmm. November? Yeah, so that was like that was like that was... after the peak of COVID. Yep. Yeah. So people probably got outside a little bit more, started spending money on yeah. other things, or probably got laid off and had to adjust where they were putting their money. Yeah, I think that's when they Netflix started having like back-to-back uh, -back lower numbers of subscribers. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. like, come on, really? Like, and then I mean, they obviously, started making easy. terrible business decisions from there. Yeah, it's easy to look <laughs> back and be like, "Oh, I should have bought that." Like, of course, yes. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I tried that with Coinbase, and sometimes it works when I swing traded it, but sometimes, you know, it's you just you're just averaging down for months, 
And then yeah. you're just like, oh, but I thought it already sold off 50%. Just because yeah. doesn't mean it can't sell off another 50% and then another 50% another another. That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like even yeah. if the stock goes from 100 to a dollar, it doesn't mean it can only go down one more percent. No, no, no. It could go down another 99%. <laughs> so that's the thing, <laughs> but the thing that's really interesting is like Netflix is very asymmetrical in that opportunity, specifically this one. Like Coinbase is still related to crypto. Like the crypto market cap, isn't it like less than Apple? Like all of crypto together? It's like it something be. Apple market cap is insane. Yeah, like the whole entire crypto market total, every single ticker that exists is yeah, like less than Apple, I think, or something weird like that. That wouldn't surprise me. So they're Apple's at 2.8 trillion right now. And then you got, let's say, Bitcoin yes. at 500. And then I think Ethereum's not billion, too far yeah. away. Yeah. I mean, if Bitcoin is 500 billion, I would assume that including all of the rest, <laughs> you'd be under three, 3 trillion. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Not even Probably close. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. bet it's like a little, maybe a little over 1 trillion for the whole entire crypto market. So Probably it's like Coinbase. Two. Is still somewhat related to that. Whereas it's like Netflix, the Fang stocks, like whenever these are dropping, especially Netflix specifically, just because like once it does that second drop, like um, that type of return is so asymmetric. It's like 700 to 100 on one of the best tickers literally in the history of humanity. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, I just- Once yeah. you start seeing those signs of the bottom, like higher lows, then you can maybe start taking a position and maybe add into it as it's confirmed and moving up. But before that happens, yeah. not a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like, obviously, if it's like a five year hold, 10 year hold, buy yeah. fucking anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. But like, you know, I don't know. It's just, I was just thinking of that this morning and I was like, wow, how how dumb was i not to just put a little bit of money into that or anything at all i mean we were talking oh. about this a couple of months back though and and uh because i think we were writing here like hey some of these you know big stocks are down 70 80 90 percent like we basically have to buy them i actually did buy some and i made a good chunk but then they pulled back and i bought some more and then they really pulled back again and then i kind of went back to flat so it's 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 a tough game yeah yeah yeah, it was I remember Tesla. I, I, I remember go. Tesla at a hundred. Tesla was at a hundred at that point. Uh, probably that yeah, same time that Tesla Netflix dropped. And uh, I was like, "Oh, wow, Tesla's at, Tesla's at a hundred. All right, I want under a hundred. Next day, it's at a hundred fifty, and I was like, "Yeah, it came back down. <laughs> I missed it. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like Nvidia. Like Nvidia is just that's the craziest ticker ever." I made some money on Nvidia. It was good. Yeah. It was good to me. I uh, I don't have a great position on it now, though. I'm I have, but I have a very small position on it from four fifty, um, average. <clears throat> my, one of my best investments ever so far has been I'm holding one share of Ferrari stock from <laughs> like two years ago, and I'm up fifty percent on it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, just as any self-respecting <laughs> Italian, I just had to own some Ferrari. <laughs> That's I, what's the ticker for that? It's like a it's race. European company, right? Or race. no, the ticker is race. 
So anytime I can go into a Ferrari showroom and just be like, yeah, I'm a shareholder. Uh, <laughs> you have any cars that I can drive? Imagine. How many chairs do you have? Well, not. I mean, I have like one, but. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a nice kind of investing. I want to do a little bit of more like that, like Peter Lynch style, like invest. Like, like I know. like the company. Yeah. Like just buy like, oh, you like Tesla, you know, and you're yeah. you're a Tesla fanboy 10 years ago, like or you put, know, even put more. a little bit into it. Probably it'll be safe. But yeah, I think um, I think that'd be a fun way to invest because then you're kind of like, you know, part yeah. of like the the exciting rally or not rally. But at like least the thing it, with. Yeah. Ferrari is never going to go out of style. Right. And unless ownership has like major changes, I don't see them making any like company changing terrible business decisions or anything like that. Like even Lamborghini now is making, they just released their newest, uh, uh, what's it called? Revuelto. And it's an all electric, it's not all electric, but it's an electric assisted lamborghini for the first time and apparently it's awesome um like <laughs> these supercar companies can even switch to electric and they'll be fine right yeah yeah they're probably going to be even better because electric yeah is better, so. yeah um yeah wow what a what a freaking company huh since 2016 or 2015 maybe even they basically had a 10x move from 30 to 300 I like the stock. It's a good company. Can't oh shit! Out. I saw that movie. Um, this is not this investment weekend. advice. This is not... at all. This is not financial advice. <laughs> Dumb money. I saw it Do with my dad. Misconstrue it. Yeah, I saw it the other week too. What? Dude, it's, it was great. I liked it. Was it on oh, Netflix? It was funny. I liked it a lot. Yeah. No, not the one on Netflix. The actual movie, like it, in theaters. Uh, for some reason, it's not on theaters here. I can't find it. So I might just like buy it on YouTube or something. Yeah, it was actually where, really good. Where is that I, in Germany? Yeah, sometimes there's things that are not allowed until a certain yeah. time. I mean, usually everything is in the movies at the same time. This is just one of those things. I don't know why. Yeah, I thought it was pretty entertaining. It was cool to see the was, numbers of everything. I was happy with how they portrayed all of the sides, at least. Yeah, I thought it was it. pretty fair portrayal. Oh, yeah, this crazy. is why I can't find it. It's called Schnelles Geld. They changed the name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For the wow. German audience. Yeah, for the German Sorry. audience. I'm going to definitely watch that. Maybe maybe tomorrow. Oh, yeah, this looks good. There's a movie theater, like three-minute walking distance from my house. It's, I love it. We always go there. So, boom. Is the movie, like, in German or English? No, luckily, this one is everything's er always in Original, which is, like, original language uh thank god i hate watching dub movies even if yeah. it, like, i just watched a polish movie yesterday with under uh under yeah. titles and it was much better because i feel like with the actors they put so much energy in making like emotions and like empathy or like you feel it through the tonality and then you have some stupid dub version where it's like the most <laughs> monotone line you'll ever hear in your life and you're just like wow that just ruined the whole movie Bro, or one's yeah. monotone and one's like super fucking energetic or yeah. something. <laughs> it's like yeah, someone's like dad died and they're like, <laughs> it like makes no fucking sense. Dude, they're the worst. <laughs> the worst. Dude, Squid Game was the only subtitles one. Subtitles are the way to go. 
Yeah, subtitles are the way to go for sure. Squid Game was so good. I just I I didn't give a fuck at that point. Yeah, I never watched Squid Game. Squid Games, Squid Game. Shit's so good. I was going through a breakup, and I was like, all I would do in the evening was just like sit on the couch, play guitar, (laughs) do like healthy things. So I missed Squid Game. (laughs) That probably is the right idea. I feel like when you're in breakup mode, the best thing to do is hit the gym. Oh yeah, Yeah. get your revenge mode started. Look what the fuck I'm gonna do with my fucking life. (laughs) I'm gonna be a fucking billionaire now. Not the time to start day trading though. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, the spy just fucking crashed. No, let me sell everything first. (laughs) Damn, I just I I was short this whole move, and that that was very nice. Bail, 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 bail. (laughs) Oh wow, small cap. It did just crash, huh? Damn, that's a good win. That was market, back to market, good on the day. You said market crashing? Yeah. Well, not really. I, I just dropped I mean, like 10 points out of nowhere. IWM also. What just happened? What? Okay. Israel defense. Something just happened for sure. Damn, this position's up like, what is that? 25 times? All Tudor Jones warned stocks could plunge with threat of nuclear war. Ooh. Led by China, Russia, and North Korea. Okay, well, there's so much gonna... stuff coming out every one minute. I don't know which to put value on. I know. Oh, shit. Every one of these, every one of these headlines sounds like the end of the world, and they, there's a new one coming out every minute or every nuclear war. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Ultimately, erupt into nuclear war. I don't know about that. Like, oh shit! Dang, I, I was like finally up 2k on my investment portfolio, and I'm probably back to. Yeah, I feel like if if there's a nuclear war, the whole world knows that there's basically one way that that would end. And aside from that, didn't we kind of all agree to not do nuclear war again? It would make a lot of sense. My brother always says no one's going to nuke the keys, so he's fine. But I'm like, Heiko, without air, air conditioning, you can't live in the Keys. <laughs> so. uh, damn, that trade put me back to green on the day. I was not expecting that to happen. Nice, Colby. That makes me happy. See, there it is. There it is. I did it. I did Oops, it. I accidentally went short. You took uh, a short on that, Colby? I was shorting the top because it was rounding off. And this is the third trend day in a row, and that never happened. So I was like, I was using half size, though. And uh, uh, I added into it five times. So I had five micro contracts. So it was like $25 per point. And it, I made like 16 points, which is like my best win I've had in like months. Nice. 400? Yeah, something like that. Sweet. I was down like 300 though, so. <laughs> That's like me. Nice. Like I made 400 bucks there. So I'm back to like negative 20. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I hit that. $1,700 win on SMX today. And I had been like negative 15 ish the moment before. And I look up at my PL after I had sold like almost all of my position and it says like plus 150. And I'm like, well, uh, I guess I'll, at least I'm green. That feels good. I looked up, I was like hoping to see a lot more than that, but I gotta, I gotta not be negative fifteen hundred tomorrow before I take a good trade. 
Well, but you're not going to let one ride? No, I don't do that shit. <laughs> not <laughs> but anymore. Then you're always complaining in the Discord that, oh, I sold too soon. It keeps going. Yeah, well, that's it. Oh, my know. God, I'm done with trading. It's if it. I, I'm done. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> No, if I uh, if I was trading full size and I make like four points and it goes ten, I'm sad. But if I'm trading with like half size and it goes sixteen points, I'm taking that shit because <laughs> sixteen points is fucking crazy. That's like yeah, I mean, that's my weekly good. goal sometimes. So take the green. Yeah, I would. I mean, it might do a little little fake out below VWAP, but is it gonna stick? Eh, maybe. I don't know. I I don't fucking care. I'm down money. again. <laughs> Amen. I don't care. <laughs> That's Fuck literally market. Suck my dick. <laughs> that was that was my exact thoughts when I closed TOS today at like 9:45. I was like, are there gonna be more opportunities? You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that's a good that's that's the same place that I've been at lately, too. It's like I just wrote into the chat too at Warrior. Um <laughs> My buddy Manoli just chatted in. I'm probably wrapping it up. Choppy day for me. Take care, everyone. I just said, same here. Not seeing anything. Small green would be sick to be green two days in a row. <laughs> I wrote I wrote in my notes. If I if I'm if I'm not allowed to write, I might wrap up in the Discord anymore. I either say, I either close my TOS and then I write, I called it in the Discord, or I stay trading. So it's like. I'm either trading yeah. or I'm not. Not this. No, I might halfway. wrap it up crap. I I write that so many times, and then before you know it, I'm at max. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no more. I might. If I'm if I'm thinking I I might, my mind is out of the game. You know. Yeah. Like, that's a sign that I should. And I right. And, boom. and there's probably a reason why you're thinking that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right guys any any other thoughts before we go ahead and call it here i mean usually we'll do like a game plan going forward oh there's a kitty cat but i think we already talked about it a little bit i guess kobe's got his game plans for tonight i think I it's so soft dude it's so cute i bitch. wish so i'm allergic <laughs> to cats and dogs Damn. i grew up with a dog a family dog and then when that dog passed away oh. i was in college and my my parents got a new dog so i had to I had not had exposure to dogs for a while and I came back and I developed an allergy and now I'm allergic to cats and dogs and it sucks because I would really love to have a little buddy. Yeah, that's terrible, Mm -hmm. damn. You got to fucking just deal with it and then try to see if it goes away. I know. I think that every time, like I spent the weekend, the weekend before this one down in LA with some of my friends and my buddy has a, like a really short hair pit bull mutt um and even with the really short hair I, my lungs are like congested my throat is tighter that sucks every time i'm sucks. like maybe maybe this time the exposure i'll be okay exposure therapy yeah. every yeah, time yeah. it's like nope actually you're gonna be on manual breathing mode for the <laughs> weekend no more you should, take, you should just like take a comb and like get his hair and every morning you just like smell it for a second yeah <laughs> let's see if that changes at all i wonder yeah i don't know if hormesis works with with that like i've i'm also allergic to cats to some degree like my brother has two cats and when i visit him if it crawls on my face like i'm i'm gonna be breaking out a little bit uh, i'm sneezing and stuff but if they like if i keep my distance it's usually fine if uh, i keep my distance i can be in the same house 
and like I'll probably need my inhaler, but I'm not like deathly allergic. It's just uncomfortable and noticeably lower quality of life, which sucks. Oh yeah. yeah. Especially when you sleep and then you can't breathe yeah. and then oh, yeah. then you wake up and that's, you're that's what I'm talking about. You wake up on manual breathing mode. That's why yeah. I have an inhaler next to my bed. Wow. Damn. <clears throat> yeah, that's actually yeah, it's not it's not worth it. It's stressful. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna die, but it sucks. Yeah. It definitely ruins your trading <laughs> trading sessions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways game plan i'm gonna just keep trying to do what i did yesterday and today i'm gonna try to do a little bit better than i did today um i'm finding that trading price action isn't that good lately not very clear not very fruitful but we've been seeing those kind of outsized over uh imbalanced moves at least like once a day lately and i'm gonna try to see if i can keep catching those yeah i agree with that i'll just quickly add uh yeah basically exactly what you said uh kind of what we were talking about earlier with the bet sizing like a hot move you know there's some really good moves that are going up like 30 percent in a candle yeah. if you just nail one of those and just close yeah. your tos like uh that's it um and that's i yeah. think that's what i'm trying to do and uh yeah be careful with those pullbacks especially once they're on backside because they will yeah. not slow down they'll only speed I'm, up <laughs> i'm not even touching them at this point if something wants to squeeze through highs and looks good and has the support and a setup and all of that great yeah. otherwise right. uh, yeah run for the woods. there's no such thing as a pullback right now yeah and same with me i'm with you just get green and get out um and Pretty much if I start getting back off the top, even like 25%, it's just better off just to kind of just take it and run instead of going all the way back to red or break even. And then you just feel like crap because you should have stopped right. trading. So and definitely not the market for that to keep trading throughout the whole day. Um, For me, I just want to make sure that I'm like literally thinking of my... So like, obviously we trade for years and once we figure out a system, like it's really important to like, you, you want to cherish that system and pretend like it's your fucking child. And I want to go into the market and think like all this work that I've done for the last three years is because I have a system. Like now that I have the system, I need to follow it. If I don't follow my system and I try to base my trading off of like intuition or feeling or anything other than data that's strictly right in front of my face, I'm going to lose. So I just want to make sure that every day I go to the market and I'm like thinking uh, exactly like that. I've spent all this time and energy and effort trying to build a system. Now that I have one, just follow it for like a year. If it doesn't fucking work, then sorry, it's not good. You're not going to be a profitable trader. But for now, that's what I want to do. No, I like it. Everyone's game plans. It makes a lot of sense. Maybe less in, uh, with the uh, non-intuition part because I'm all like I'm a gut trader. <laughs> Like, yeah, with index indexes, you just have to because there's so no, much bullshit yeah. happening. But I, yeah, I, I totally, I totally feel you there. And and with Tom, I actually totally agree with that too because I've noticed the same. Once I give back, like you know, fifty percent, that's obviously like way too much. But yeah, once I start getting back off the top, I'm really getting on tilt. But that's like usually if I'm if I already made a lot, like if I'm only up $200 and I go back to zero, who cares, you know? But if I'm up a thousand, I go back to five hundred thousand there's usually something bad going on. 
And uh, that's the beginning of the end. So it's it's so hard to wrap wrap up at that point and walk away though. It's so hard, but it it's usually yeah, the best for sure. time to walk away. Yeah, at least for I've noticed. But that's a different statistical topic, I guess, of itself. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Time for some video games. Keep out of trouble. <laughs> you stay distracted. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Sounds good. Go out for if a you... walk. Go do something. Go to the gym. Yeah. Work on do some something. other projects. Stay and... off the computer, probably. <laughs> yeah. And shut the fuck up and buy the spy. <laughs> <laughs> Not investment. I was literally just reading the uh, like little news release about the nuclear war and Paul Tudor Jones, um, chief investment officer of Tudor Investments, offering issued a bleak outlook thinks that the u.s equity markets could plunge 12 percent uh right yeah <laughs> let's hope it hits a new all-time high first so it brings my investment portfolio up then i'll liquidate everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly and i'm out <laughs> I'm off top and then we go 100 percent from that high yeah, yeah. all right guys. all right later all right. boys all right. Guys, later. See you guys see you guys